0: And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Brie. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters and we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers. Oh my God. (laughs) We're in a new studio. That's not a studio. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. No. These are some plants. What's on the big gay agenda today, Caitlin? Well, I think the first thing we need to say is that we're in the same room. We are. The, the YouTube and the podcast audio has not... Well, I mean, if you're listening, we're in the same room. If you're watching us, you can see that we're in the same... never mind. Look, we're t- in the same room. It's real. <laughs> sunburned. <laughs> yeah, before Caitlin got sunburned. <laughs> but that's not why we're here today. You're not here to get beauty routine rituals from us. We are here to talk about queer media. What are we talking about today, Caitlin? Heartstopper! Whee! Season one! <laughs> season I'm, one! I finally stopped calling it Heartbreaker. It's, <laughs> it's the opposite of Heartbreaker. Heartstopper's such a cute title. But yes, we're going to talk about the TV show, Heartstopper, yes. season one, to clarify. We have watched all of it. We have put a few reaction videos on YouTube if you'd like to go see that. From season 1, the entire season is on our Patreon. So for 5 bucks a month, you could watch us react to Heartstopper, all of it, and eventually we'll do Ooh. season 2 when that comes out. Woo woo woo. <laughs> but for today, we're going to talk about everything and anything Heartstopper season 1. I actually have some non-Heartstopper stuff, but I promise Can't it's, what relevant. The hell. <laughs> it's relevant. It's <laughs> relevant. I okay. promise. Let's do it. Alright, so, season one, episode one, where we meet our leads. All of our babies! Okay, so. We're just gonna jump right into You said you had something that wasn't Heartstopper related. Well, yeah, it's in my snow section. Okay, so we're not even there yet. Okay, alright, so let's get through the first step. We're gonna go episode by episode-ish in this discussion, just to keep us organized. So, we start with... The meet where we meet our little cutes, starting with Charlie Springer, who's our out and ga- out and proud little gay. Is it Springer? I think it's or Charlie Spring. Sorry, not Springer. Charlie Spring, out and proud little gay. He's a tenth year at Trum Boys School in England. They didn't really tell us where. And this year, he meets his new BFF in the form of a desk mate in form. Named Nicholas Nelson, the rugby star. I love that you said in the form of in the fo- in form. That's what the that's what the no, I know, time period called. I yeah okay got okay. it. the form of form. Yeah, and Nick is an eleventh year eleven, so he's a year older than Charlie. I just I still don't understand how they're in the same one. So I don't understand this either, and I didn't know what form was because we grew up in America. But, what, from what America. Tell, America. <laughs> but from what I could tell... Murka. But from what I could tell, form is the equivalent of homeroom, which I never had in school either. So I had to look this up because I was like, what does that mean? And apparently it's just like a period where everybody meets and you just like take attendance and they do like the announcements of the school and it lasts like 10, 15, 30 minutes. And then you go to classes after that. So my homeroom in middle school was a half hour, and we basically had to do SSR, which we named, um, Sit Down, Shut Up, and Read. Got it. (laughs) But then in high school, it was only, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, so it's, like, a time period where, like, class isn't happening. It's, like, an administrative period when other stuff is happening, but, like, you have to be at the same place every single day. So I assume in this school, maybe it's not big enough... I don't know. So they just, uh, you, I don't know. Maybe it's a way to mingle boys slash, you know, classmates from other grades with each other. Uh, I don't sure. know. I'm not really sure why that's happening, but that's what happens. And I guess that changes every year. So Nick and Charlie sit next to each other and that's our little meet cute where we get hi. 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 And Hi. lots of rainbow lens flares. So much rainbow lens flares. As if we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into <laughs> when we were watching this show. I'm like, is something gay gonna happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just check out the three rainbows in this lens. Yeah. And like, I'm sad I never got form. Because then I never got to sit next to a crush and flirt with them. But whatever, America. <laughs> So, Caitlin, what were your first impressions of... Wait, <laughs> speaking of that. What? Uh, the girl I sat next to in homeroom. Uh, I went to prom with her. Nice. But as friends. Yeah. Alright, so it kind of almost worked out for, <laughs> for Caitlin. What, what were your first impressions of Charlie and Nick. When we first um, to meet well, them. well, the first time I saw Nick, I thought he was Ben for some reason. <laughs> oh my god, Caitlin has trouble distinguishing the men. <laughs> it's okay, we got it by the end. They yeah. look so different, though. They do! <laughs> it, I, it, was, it was very early on. I, yeah, I have trouble paying attention sometimes. We all know this. Um, I just, they're, they're adorable little things. They're so cute. Uh,. No, not that. Um, Nick is the golden retriever. Yes. Nick is definitely the golden retriever. He's always, like, happy and smiley yeah. and, like, lovey. And then Charlie's, like... Charlie seems like he's traumatized a little bit by how timid he is. Yeah. And, like... He's like, more awkward. Yeah. He's, like... It's hard to say that he's not confident about who he is. Because he kind of is. But he, he almost is, like, afraid to, like, fully be himself. And I think that's because, like... He's been bullied. Like, this. we don't see it, but it's heavily hinted that, like, the year before Charlie was outed. And so he's been out, but it was against his choice. And he was bullied for it. So it's almost like he's, like, afraid to be too much of himself. But he's like, I'm okay with who I am. I'm just, like, I, I, I know other people aren't. That's that's what Charlie, his perception yeah. is. And I think that gets reinforced with, before we even meet Nick, we meet Ben. Freaking Ben Misery. And yeah, Ben Hope, who Caitlyn calls Ben Misery. <laughs> and Ben k- gaslights Charlie a lot. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of it comes from the way he was treated. So he's more, like, introverted as, like, a defense mechanism, I guess. Versus, like, Nick. Nick has lived his whole life as, like, the rugby star. He's popular. And so he's never had to, like, hide who he is. He just kind of, like, exists in this, like realm where he at least on the surface fits in but that also means that he's not figuring out who he is because it's just I'm what these people are we're all the same exactly he's he conformed way too much that's exactly right and and in that like kind of social structure like the rules are pretty defined like Nick just plays rugby and throws the ball around and like does guy talk, and things like that. And it's like, that's what's expected. And so when you know rules like that, it's like, okay, whatever. You're just comfortable in the rules, and you never have to question stuff because it's like, I just follow these the social rules. Mm-hmm. Versus Charlie got his whole life turned upside down and, like, luckily has a very supportive friend group who wants him to be who he is and, like, genuinely loves him and doesn't try to put him in a box. And so, you it's know. It's like a thing that he has that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, Charlie's story... Would have been way worse if he didn't have that. And that's why, like, I think... We're just jumping. I think Ben's (laughs) really a sad character, but, like, Ben is kind of in the same circle as uh, Nick a little bit. He's not on the rugby team, but he's, like, in that, like, popular-ish realm, from what I can understand. Because he, you know, he crosses paths with Nick a lot. And I don't think he has friends the way Charlie has friends. I think he has the friends in that popular group. That, again, they don't see you for you. They see mm-hmm. you for how you perform in the social group. And so I think that's what makes him really sad because he he doesn't have anybody to, like, really talk to or, like, express Wait, himself for. Wait, so he, he's in rugby? No, he's not. Okay. That's, I was like, I've never... I think he's in year 11. But, like, him and Nick cross paths a lot, like, socially at mm-hmm. parties and stuff. So I think he's, like, popular, but he's not, like, sports guy. Got it. Yeah. So, but, like, Charlie has such a great group of friends that, like, he's like, whatever, they can bully me at school. I'm more than just who I am at school, kind of thing. He knows he has people to go to. Yeah, totally. Who love him and are will be there for him no matter what, which is, like, the most important thing. <sighs> but, Nick. But, Nick. Nick is the cutest. And so, they become, like... Thirty in form, but Charlie's secret weapon is while he's not a sports gay, he can run super fast. Yes, which <laughs> he's not a sports gay, but he can, I, I mean, I get Maybe that. Maybe he's a track and field gay. That's more of an individual, I'm just gonna just gonna run he's got the long legs he just can run like a gazelle and nick sees him running in pe one day and he's like well shit we need a a body on the rugby team so (laughs) we can so we can compete let me ask him because he's pretty pretty fucking fast so he convinces charlie to like hey hang out with me i'll teach you how to play rugby you don't even know Uh, how to play and charlie's like the fuck is rugby (laughs) well that's what we wish he would have said Uh, So, Nick teaches, they become, they bond by, like, Nick teaching him how to play rugby. And we get all these little cute montages of them, like, running. And leaves! And leaves! And it's so cute. (sighs) Leaves. They're adorable. There's a lot of leaves. There's a lot of cartoons. So, yeah. We will get to that. Uh, And there's a lot of cool stuff in this show. So, one thing they do a lot during the montage of them... Playing rugby to is a uh, they do a well, they do this a lot in the show period but it shows up here a lot in the first episode is lens flares. Do you want to explain what that is, Caitlin, and why we saw so many of them? <laughs> okay, so a lens flare is typically when the light catches in the camera lens and it creates this distortion and. It can be different colors depending on the light and stuff, but there's a lot of scientific stuff. I won't get into that because I don't know it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in today's media, there there's so many things to take out lens flares that and practical things that to do on set. So all of them are deliberate, and a lot of people have. Analyze this. If you're interested in this, I, ha- I couldn't go too much into it, but go on Reddit because that place is full of analysis from people. About Heartstopper? Yeah. Ooh. Like, it's a lot. Like, they've screenshot, like, so many things. Yeah, and I mean... just fully explain it. It's just too much to go into right now. Okay. Um, give us the gist. But basically, I would say that it's to make it more light. You'll see it more when it's... Just them having a good time and just trying to, um, it's typically used to, like, distract or be cinematic, but this time it is an aesthetic, but just to make you feel like it's bright and cheerful. Yeah. That's a very big hallmark of this show in general, is that it's hopeful and mostly happy. Like, there's some deep things that, like dark things that happen but they're handled in such a nice way and overall Nick and Charlie have such a warm loving relationship that even starts here with them just like playing rugby and it's just it's very like it's adorable so yeah they're trying to be like something is happening here and it's warm and it's good and it's hopeful and cheerful and so yeah the lens flares definitely happen a lot specifically when the two of them were on yes screened together and they'll be rainbows and there, there are rainbows as well. There's so many fucking rainbows. Like, not even just rainbow lights. Like, the flares. Yeah. They purposely put rainbows yeah. in the flares. Yeah, rainbow flares. Like, it's nuts. I think, when, I think when Charlie first sees, or first walks into form, and Nick's just sitting there, there is a rainbow lens flare. I think the very first time he sees him. Oh, no. There's not just one. There's three. Oh, my God. <laughs> in that same frame? Are you serious? Yeah, it goes rainbow, rainbow, rainbow. That's nuts. It's it's like the biggest one. It's showing that um, when they see each other, yeah, that it's- basically they're blinded. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nick is very much like bathed in light, almost like a halo, mm-hmm. like in the seat oh, that he's sitting in. Bisexual. Another bisexual. Listen, Jesus. I'm gonna hydrate yeah. for those rainbow. We don't flowers. have any shot. Where is my glass? Okay, I gave it to you. I know. I see it. Yeah, that deserves hydration. Okay, that's awesome. So, yeah, if you miss those rainbow flares, Uh, how? (laughs) First of all, how? Second of all, (laughs) go back and watch that scene in particular. You're welcome. But there, okay. Like, there's people, there's rainbow flares and, like, basically everything, even when, I know this is, we won't get into the scene yet, but when he's taking the quiz, there's even a flare, like, on the curtains, like, that goes down to him. Oh shit. Doing the computer, yeah. People are insane. They just go by frame by frame. No, there's a it. ton. There's one where they have their first kiss too, and they're in that room, and there's one in between the curtains. Yeah. Like, damn. I was like, oh, did they put that there? I didn't realize I was. Oh, lens blur. That's nuts. Mm hmm. Damn. This show is just the gayest. I love everything it about is. it. It is. It's super. I was just I would positive. Say It's the queerest because it's the other queerest. Instances. No, I would say this is the queer, probably the queerest show we've covered. Yeah. 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 So far, yeah. So far, yeah. So, yeah. Anything else about lens flares that you wanted to add tell the people? Um, They are really common right now. Like, shows are really overdoing back. <laughs> it. Like, I think we're getting to the point where it's a little too much. There's like this blue one. This isn't... I will quickly go over this. But there's this, like, blue one that everybody likes right now, and it's... My first uh, experience with it was in Supergirl, and it's just in... It's just... People need to stop a little bit. <laughs> that's why... That's my advice right now. Sparingly. Okay, how do you... Well, how would you... Per your expertise, how would you rate the amount of lens flares in this show? And how See, they use See, I it? think the way that they use it. Like, the, it's a tactic in this show. I agree. And... I can tell by other research that everything is very purposeful. So I think what they've done is fine. I agree. They're more of a lighthearted show, not, yes, like. I agree. I don't think they're doing it because they're like, ah, cool. I think they're, they're trying. That's why I wanted to see what lens flares meant. Thank you for looking into it. Because it it seemed very deliberate. The moments they were doing it, it's like Mm -hmm. Charlie and Nick montages. And I was like, is that supposed to like mean something emotional? And it seems like that's why they're using it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it they use it with not just them too. I think later they start using it. I mean, they definitely use them with the girls. Anything that's like bright, happy. Yeah, you know? anything that's romantic, they throw in lens flares. Yeah, I'm sure that it's in the party when they kiss. So. Oh, f- what well, there's so- we'll get to the party and the lighting in the party is super fun. <laughs> oh, I have so much info from that. Uh, we're going to that's a whole other. We'll get there. Okay. So, yeah, we'll move on from this. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before we jump into the rest of the the cast of characters that we're introduced to in the pilot. I want to talk about... I think we talked about Ben a little bit. Uh, ben and his gaslighting with Charlie. Because that happens pretty early on. So Ben Hope is like... Or Misery, that Caitlin calls him. Is Charlie's mm-hmm. like... When we first meet them, it's like Charlie's quote-unquote secret boyfriend. And basically, we get... I don't have it listed. So we'll, I'm just going to talk about it now. But later on in the, up in the show... I think Charlie tells Nick how the whole thing with Ben happened, like, how it started. I don't remember when, so I'm not about it now. And basically what happened is, like, Charlie was outed and was just like, I guess I'm out now. And he was, like, he did a lot of, like, hiding um, to avoid the ridicule. Like, he becomes close with the art teacher we see over and over again. The art teacher has, like, a pride pin on. He's like, I'm a safe ally or whatever. Like, I'll take pity on it. Well, actually, he's gay, I think, or queer, at least. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I understand what Charlie's going through. Please hide in the art room. It's totally fine, so you don't have to be bullied. And so one day, Charlie was uh, hiding in the mu- one of the music rooms and playing the drums because he plays the drums. And Ben just comes in there. He's like, "So you're gay, right?" Like he like preys on Charlie because Charlie's like alone and isolated. And Ben's like, "So you're gay or whatever." And then like starts up, starts flirting with Charlie. But and then it progresses to let's meet up and make out in dark corners of the school where no one can see us mm-hmm. and anytime like Charlie wants to take it a step further he's like oh you like me and you want to like kiss me like you're my boyfriend and Ben's like I'm not your boyfriend he's like who the hell gonna date you like you're weird and like he like gaslights him into feeling bad about himself and when Charlie feels bad about himself that's when Ben's like okay I'll make you feel better by kissing you and he's like I'm being nice and he doesn't and it's like Horrible for Charlie, because it like traumatizes him and it makes it make makes it hard for Charlie to like trust that people like him for who he is. Mm-hmm. Because Ben is like manipulating him. But I think with Ben, it's he's an important character and a very real one because I feel like this is more common with like men who are trying to figure out or male presenting people when they're trying to figure out their sexuality because there's much more stigma attached to men who are queer because we unfortunately live in a patriarchal society where like men are put at the top and straight cis men are at the top and anybody that deviates from that is like trash (laughs) basically (laughs) in the structure. And so there's more stigma there, especially somebody like Ben who's in that popular social circle who's expected to perform as a cis white male in that, right? So he has a lot of internalized homophobia and he projects all of that onto Charlie to manipulate Charlie. I'm not saying his behavior is good. I just want to explain it because I think it's important and something that unfortunately happens a lot to men who who don't have a safe space to like express how they feel, which is not what happens with Charlie or Nick. So I think he's a good like character to contrast their journeys because he Mm -hmm. ultimately is isolated and alone and he just he preys on charlie because charlie's also seems isolated and alone but like charlie actually really has a support system that ben doesn't have yeah freaking ben i know i i feel like i didn't read the graphic novels that this is based on but i i feel like we have to get more into ben at some point I would like to explore Ben more. He never gets any redemption the entire show. He's awful the entire time. Yeah, I think Charlie really... We'll get into it later, but Charlie really digs into him at the end. But So I think like maybe next year we might get into Ben a little bit more. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't read the graphic. Notes. Next year? Next year on Heartstopper. No, I mean like next school year or whatever. Mm. I don't know what it picks up. Next season. Next season. Alright, would you like to say anything about Ben? The two of us, the two of us, need look no more. Um... Do we want to talk about the camera technique? (gasps) Yes. Okay, so other thing we learned about Ben is that... And the reason they split up and Charlie is now single in his brain is that Ben starts ditching Charlie and Charlie finds out that Ben has a girlfriend. And we find this out when Charlie's, like, exiting the school. And he sees Ben, like, talking to and kissing a girl. And then we get this really cool camera technique. Would you like to explain? They use multiple times. But this is the first spot I, I noticed it in. Yes. Um, basically, they have the camera handheld. So, it's typically a cam, So, you can't tell that it's not on a tripod or anything. It's just very like you can't tell it's moving but when it's handheld you can see all the micro movements that you basically if you're filming with your phone it's like that without the stabilization and the reason that they didn't use the steadicam for that is because they wanted you to feel basically what his insides are feeling like very um all over the place anxious um uneasy, unsure about what's going on. And when it's so if it was steady it wouldn't make you feel like you like, oh, okay, that's happening. But because it was uneasy, you're like, what is happening right now? Yeah, it, it like normally the frame would be still and so you would just be watching Charlie emote what he's feeling. And so like you'd see him getting anxious and then like spin around and walk away, which is basically what happens. But because the camera is, like, jostling so much, it gives you more of a, like, you feel more of what Charlie's feeling and see how unsteady and, like, he is because the camera is unsteady and the the frame is moving with Charlie, like, as he walks away. So you can almost, like, feel him stomping away and you, like, it's more of, like, you can see his, like, emotions, too, because it's, like sharp aggression the way like the camera dips there's actually another moment that i think is even more oh yeah of this. when he's it, stomping right y- when he's so angry so angry yeah, yeah. it was it towards nick oh, i what i couldn't remember if it was nick i don't think he's ever angry that angry at nick oh wait no was it tau he might have been angry at tau because he no, no no he was angry at been? someone he and, was angry at somebody and he was going like really up to them fast and the oh my gosh, the camera was moving so crazily. So much. It was like seasick. Yeah. like Motion sickness. You could feel the inside of his head was just like crazy. Yeah. It was just, it was aggressive. Yeah, it's an intense and like they do a great job at making you feel it. Yeah. So that was the, the, the cinematography in this show is really fantastic and I feel, I'm glad there are multiple reddits about this because it deserves to be analyzed. So we just wanted to point it out or like our faves. Yeah. Because we don't you, have time to get into everything. Because there's there's so much. This show is, is so well done. We need to talk to people. But if no, you're prone real. to motion sickness, you you definitely remember Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you see Ben, <laughs> just maybe <a> closed, <laughs> wash it through your fingers or something. Uh, I don't think it happens every time he sees Ben. No, no, no. It's only when, like, there's a, something super emotional that's happening. Yeah. But they do use handheld the handheld technique a lot. Because there's... There's- I notice a lot when, like, Charlie and, uh, Nick are, like, kissing and stuff. It's- it's not a tripod. It's very- it moves with them. So, it feels more like you're in the moment with them. So, it makes things more intimate and stuff like that. So, they- they use the technique a lot. But that aggressive one is only when Charlie's, like, so angry. Actually, most of the show is handheld. Yeah. I, because the steady cam thing, which- do you mind if I explain that right? Really yeah, more? Please. So the Steadicam is basically this vest that the uh, camera operator. Yeah, the cam up wears and it has the camera attached to it. Usually there'll be an arm so you can move it down and up and around in front of you. But there's also an arm in the back of you that comes up like a crane and it has a string attached to it. So this camera is supported on multiple sides so that way when you're moving, it's smooth and it's not like the motion sickness, jostly feeling that we got when he was really angry. Yeah, we talked about this, you weren't here, in Motherland. There's yes. a couple of like, it's useful in action sequences because the camera operator can kind of like run with them and stuff. Like, like can weave through people and it keeps the camera very steady when they're taking the shots mm-hmm. more than like if you were running after somebody with your camera and you watch it later and it's like jiggling and you're like god damn we got to do that again <laughs> <laughs> or you don't have to set up a dolly or like have any like big massive equipment you can have like one person weave in and out of people it's really cool to see in person yeah when, when i was when i saw it in person like it was this tiny person with this huge camera thing <laughs> on her i was like damn girl <laughs> I want to know what that feels like if it hurts your back. At all. Right, you are supported. I can. Im- I, I. don't know. That's very interesting. I wonder. I wonder. Maybe someday, uh, somebody let us on set. Oh my god, I would love that so much. Oh, I mean, dream. that's literally what I studied. So we're working on it. We'll see. So <laughs> if anybody, you know if you're listening to this and you work for Hardstopper, hit us up. If you or work for any, if you work show, for anything. <laughs> I mean, if, you're, if you say we if you've talked you to this. Before, <laughs> us up. We just have quite a few people that we'd be like, hey, 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 we're gonna come visit you, okay? <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, okay. Any more camera technique stuff before we move into the uh, Charlie's friends? No. All right. So we get to introduce also in the pilot to Charlie's super supportive and adorable friend group, which can consists of Tao uh, Isaac, I'm an idiot, and L, <laughs> <laughs> She wrote Liam, and I'm over here like... I keep calling him Liam. so I want to call him Liam. It's not how you spell Isaac. It, doesn't, but it matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's start with Tao, which Tao describes himself. He is the self-described token heterosexual of their group. Anybody who introduces themselves like that, I will love you forever. Uh, he's basically a film nerd, um, and... He's their group in general is like an outcasty group, and Tao is super okay with that. He's like, I have my friend, my four friends. That's all I need. And he is supremely loyal to every single one of his friends. Like he's the friends, the friend that would bury the body with you. Like he's that kind of friend. Uh, so there's Tao. Anything you want to mention about Tao? This is just like an intro into them. What do you think of Tao? For Tao. Samsung? It took me a little while to, (laughs) like, Tao, be okay with him. Um, I mean, if you think about it, I understand where he's coming from. I would also feel like that, because he's just, his friend group is changing so much. Yeah, Tao's big, like, conflict he's dealing with is that a lot of change is happening. And he's afraid of being alone. He admits it later in the season. Like, he's afraid of, like, being left alone because his friend group is changing. So the big one is that Charlie... Charlie was outed, and then that kind of changed things, like, the year before. And and I think it made him more protective of all of his friends because Charlie was getting bullied, and, like, he, he loves his friends. And, like, I think that made him, like, overly protective, Tao. And so when Nick comes into the picture, Tao's like... Well, you know, he's he's a popular guy. Like, he's going to just make Charlie miserable. Because that's probably who was picking... Like, that group of people is probably who mm-hmm. was picking on Charlie. And so he's, like, doesn't trust any of this. And he's very, like... To the point where he almost, like, pushes uh, Charlie away. Because Charlie's like, I like this guy. He's my friend. And Tal's like, he can't be your friend. Because he's going to turn on you. He's going to make you miserable like all those other guys did. And then it's all he can think about and talk about. So, like, everybody else in the group is like, I don't want to hang out with you right now. All you want to do is vent about this shit. (laughs) Like, you gotta let it go, man. Uh, So I get why he's doing what he's doing. Um, And the other big change is that another group, another member of their group, Elle, uh, I transitioned, and so she was in the Truman Boys school with them went through her version of bullying, and then was like, I'm transferring to the girls' school. So she also transferred, and so Tao, every day, comes to lunch with an extra apple juice for Elle, and he's like, I keep forgetting she's not here. So, like, he has trouble, like, letting, like, accepting change, basically, with his friend group. Like, Elle's mm-hmm. gone, you know, Charlie's now wandering towards Nick, so he's, and Isaac is always reading a book and never paying attention to anybody, <laughs> so he's like, it's just gonna be me by myself. So I, I kind of get rough. where he's coming from. It, it is rough. It's rough. It's rough. But he, you know, because he's so afraid of that, he ends up like doing a self-fulfilling prophecy where he does kind of start pushing people away because he's like trying to control the situation mm-hmm. by like being like, stay away from him, stay away from him, stay away from him. And everybody's like, I'm sick. I can't hang out today. <laughs> Which Isaac. <book>? Isaac yeah. <laughs> that bitch is in a bookstore. Um, But in return, um, oh shit. I don't remember where I was going with inventory. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, <sighs> uh, I not Isaac. Tao It was hard for you to get into him in the beginning. Yeah, you, that was from the very beginning. Yeah. That's it. Um, what did you just say? Uh, basically, Tao does a self-fulfilling prophecy because he keeps trying to stop the change from happening, and it ends up like pushing everybody away. So like he does get to a point where he feels very, very alone. That's when him and Charlie kind of, like, blow up at each other a little bit. Yep, I don't remember. Let's All right. Let's continue. Let's move on to L. Want to talk about L? Yeah, I love L. I I love L. Oh, my God. Elle's great. Elle's great. I'm glad that she gets to go to the girls' school. Yes. Because that must be just, like, a I relief, you know? I w- want to know how long she was stuck at the boys' school. Yeah, like after me too. transitioning. Me too. Because I know it had to have been for quite a bit. Because it took them a lot to... Because no one would accept it. The teachers wouldn't even. Yeah, Tao even mentions that. So that's one of his gripes. He's like, the professor wouldn't even call her L. Like, he refused to... Like, he kept deadnaming her. Which is... Ugh, so dumb. So, so dumb. You don't deadname people. Right. You don't deadname people. It's dead for a reason. Yeah. And, like... Whatever. So, I'm glad that she got to transfer. Because that must have been hell, too. So, like, they don't really talk as much about you know what happened with Elle like if she was bullied she mentioned she was bullied but we don't get more detail we get more details with Charlie is what i'm saying i don't think it affected her- she's really strong yeah she's really strong she was just like i need to get the fuck out of here basically <laughs> yeah, yeah she didn't internalize as much that we see as right, that we see Charlie right exactly uh, yeah it doesn't seem to affect her behavior or relationships with other people the way it did with Charlie no uh but she does start at Higgins? Higgs. Higgs. Sorry, Higgs. Uh, Higgs Girl School. And she's the new girl and is have in the beginning having trouble making friends. Uh, but she ends up making friends with the school lesbians. And we'll get into that in the next episode when she meets them. <laughs> Damn it! But I love them so I much. I love them so much. <laughs> she finds the best people to become friends with. So she's, she, you know, it's a big change for her too, but she doesn't like give up. She's like... No, I'm here. It's much better than Truem. I'm so happy I'm not there. So, like, I love that. And her friends, I love that her friends just accept and support her. And, like, she also has a really good support system, like, with her friends. Yeah. And Tao's mom loves her more than Tao. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. <laughs> Every time she comes over, she's like, Tao, move. <laughs> Let me hug Elle. <laughs> I feel like that, that's a Aww. typical thing. It is. a typical parent thing where they, like, yeah. to friend more. <laughs> Like, you're new. You, you're a lot nicer than my child at you home. <laughs> she does come with, like, gifts and stuff. She's like, I brought cookies. And so I understand why Tal's mom's like, Tal, you never baked me cookies. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> She's just so sweet and nice. She's very sweet and nice. And the last, but certainly not least, is Isaac, Isaac. our king bookworm. The ship captain of all. He's the ship captain of all. Yeah, Nick and Charlie and he sees what's happening with Tau and L before anybody else does. Uh he's a man of very few words. But, but I fucking love but him. But he's so observant. Yeah. He sees everything. And very informed. At one point we um what the what's the book called? Oh um, something about gender. gender. Shit, I forgot. We looked it up and I already forgot it. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, so that's Isaac. He's always reading, and I'm pretty sure, uh, in the what we're gonna get into in season two with him is gonna be very very exciting. I think Allison, the writer of the books, wrote him as an ace character, so we're gonna get into that in season two. She's like that's gonna be much more explicit and stuff. I would like to, cause which is you amazing. Never see that. No, you never see that, and she. The cast just went to Pride recently, and she was there, and she had the ace flag the whole time. Oh, I know. He was reading Gender Explorers, by the way. Gender Explorers, which I want to read, whatever that is. I'm sure book wrecks from him it's are a, solid. It's like a compilation of stories from trans people, I believe. <gasps> That's so great. I love Isaac. Yeah. Isaac's a little cutie. It's like, I gotta be such an ally. Well, I mean, he... In he's in the community. He's in the community. So he's like, I need to know everything. Everything. Because I have to be able to recognize this from a thousand feet away. But I also love how he's super observant, but then also not paying attention at the same time. Because he literally is always reading a book. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like arguing and stuff. And he's like, <sighs> reading his book, tuning out the bullshit. <laughs> he, he chimes in when it's relevant. Like, I love him. Man, a few words, but King Isaac, the bookworm. I absolutely love him. He's... He's great. He's he's very um he's the what does foil mean? Foil is basically uh, characters that are set up to you're supposed to compare, they're usually opposites. Okay, Darcy. Yeah, he's kind of a he would be an opposite to Darcy. Who we'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> I love her so much. No, I'm she, sorry. Darcy the egg. I love her. Uh all right. Anything else about the core for uh Charlie's friends? Mm. They were very close-knit, and now they're they, struggling. Yeah. And we're going to get into all their struggles. But, yeah, that's all I have. Alright, so wrap up the pilot by just mentioning, if you weren't already aware, this show is based on a graphic novel novel series called Heartstopper that was written by Allison Osman. Is that how you say it? I have no idea. Oh, uh, I should have looked it Oseman? up because I was saying Osman Osman. Osman Allison, Queen Allison, who wrote this We'll just say Queen Allison We'll say Queen Allison uh, And so I, I And this show was uh, Approved for three seasons And that might, that might be everything That covers the graphic novels I don't know if it'll go beyond that Or just literally cover the graphic novels I'm and wondering done. if they renewed it for two seasons Because that's it Yeah, I think that might be why They just gave them everything Like it got renewed for season two and three at the same time Good for them. Good for them. Uh, because it was a popular graphic novel series. So, go Isaac. Please write the book series. Um. Anyway, so I like... One thing I wanted to note is that uh, they do a great job of adapting it from a graphic novel. And they do a lot of things in, the, like, editing that make it very apparent that this was adapted from a graphic novel. Like, cartoons that randomly show up, like, leaves and birds. And they do, like... The pain transitions where it looks like a comic book pain. Mm-hmm. And they do things like visible electricity anytime oh, wow. there's pinky touching. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you think of the graphic novel adaptation? Um, it took a while to get used to. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? Well, if you don't know that it was a graphic novel, it's very weird. It comes out of left field. You're like, why are there leaves? <laughs> well, I figured it was once I saw the. Um, the pains. Yeah, yeah. But like, if you're not paying attention, you're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you're like, what? Is it's super. That? It seems super you random. You know, they all could be on drugs this whole time. I, you never know. Yeah, it's high school. Um. There, there's. I have a specific animation that do it in the last scene of the first episode. Nick is staring out the car window, smiling. There are animated seagulls. They're sure. That fly around. And that foreshadows their first official date. At the beach. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear the seagulls, too. They always mean... The the animated things always mean something. Yes. They're not just there. They're not random. I mean, (laughs) because... If you watch the reaction videos, I think this is for Patreon. Yeah, everything we filmed here is for Patreon. Yeah. Um, so... Check out Patreon. Um... But there was birds. And the birds is what (laughs) got us the most. The love birds. Because it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. And I was like, what are these birds? But yeah, it it all symbolizes stuff. And it's usually to show like emotions, like little hearts. Because they're like, oh, that character has a crush on that character. Or like, oh, there's something going on with these two. There's lightning. The birds are just super random. Sometimes they feel random, but they're not. My theory with the birds is that... What was my theory with the birds? That he was leaving his friend group. Like, he finally realized his friends suck. Yeah, so it it? it was a scene where Charlie... It was just Charlie and Nick, and they... I forgot what the heck happened, actually. No, it was just Nick. It was on Nick on the table. It was with Imogen, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, it was after he is after he said, "Let's be friends with Imogene." Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, then these. Oh, what did he do? And... Oh yeah, his friends were like, "Oh, Nick's the worst," and Imogene's like, "I can do better than him." Let's be real. So like, <laughs> she's I love Imogene. She's like a good ally. and She's like, whatever. It's we're just friends. And then there's like lovebirds fly out of the tree, circle Nick and Imogene, it and got, then fly it away. Us off guard and I was like, so much. They're not because like usually up to that point the. Animations are between characters who are having, like, emotional moments, or they're like, ooh, they're like each other. And it's just, like, random, like, leaves. It's just these two birds, and they're love birds, which makes it weirder. And then I guess they fly their separate ways. And I guess it's, like, birds leaving the flock. Like, they're not behaving the way these popular uh, people would act in their friend group. They're, like, diverting from the norm, which is the flock. So the birds are flying on their own, I -hmm. guess. And they, like, kind of separate. And do, or being individuals. I guess that's kind of what it's saying. That was your like, yeah. take, basically. I, I'm really good at uh, bullshitting things in my mind, so that's what the story came up with. Oh, and it's good. That's a really good interpretation of what we were watching. Yeah. Cool. That's, I did something. You did many things. <laughs> yeah, wait for it. <laughs> All right, Caitlin. Do you want to end it here? Or uh, cover episode two? two also before we like well considering we have two different things and half of this is probably going to be me uh talking about snow let's just continue it So we're only at 46 minutes right now all right cool so we're gonna shoot on over to episode two which is crush uh basically okay so this is the episode where Elle makes friends with the school lesbians I love them so much Tara and Darcy who are just the best more of them, please, because I just absolutely love the two of them. They're so cute. Like, Tara just, like, befriends Elle out of nowhere. And she's just like... Oh, actually, no. The thing they bond over, she's like, hey, your pencil case is really cool. And Elle's like, oh, thanks. I painted this myself. Like, there's a design on it. And she's like... And then Tara's like, you want to have lunch with us? And this was right after the teacher's like, "El, girl, you got to make friends. So El's I'm going like, to assign you a friend. She's like, I'm going to assign you a friend, which is so embarrassing for, like, in high schooler. She's like, Ugh, no. And so she's cautious of this, and she's like, did the professor, like, force you to do this? And Tara's like, no. What a weird thing to ask me. She's like, no, we sit in the cafeteria, though, if you ever want to. I'm going to leave now. Uh, and by the end of the episode, I think it's the end of this episode... Elle goes to find the two of them. And, okay, wait, I love this scene. And Tara and Darcy are, like, holding hands. Wait, 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 before that. Okay, oh, go, 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 sorry. sorry. Um, they're working on a project, is it French? Is that this episode? Yeah, because okay. it was right Oh, before. okay, okay, wait, okay, wait, wait. So, okay, before that. <laughs> okay, you're right. So, what, the other, the other reason that Tara and Darcy are important is because Tara knew Nick and, like, three years ago, when they were 13, they kissed. So, it causes all this drama of, like, oh, Nick likes this girl he kissed three years ago. Which is very a weird thing for his friends to, like, hang like hang their hat on. It's like, that was three years ago. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't even have the same voices we had three years ago. We all went through <gasps> puberty. Like, what? <laughs> like, it's a very weird thing to get hung up on. So, there's this whole thing of, like, Nick tells his friend, or not Nick, Charlie tells his friends about Nick. And they're like, mm, he's a straight guy. So, they're trying to figure out what Nick's motives are. And Elle or they kinda of find out that Tara existed. Elle's like, oh, I know her. And they're like, well, you need to find out if Tara likes Nick or like what the fuck is going on there. So how does how does she do it, Caitlin? <laughs> <laughs> well, basically they're I I'm gonna say it's French. Yeah, they're in French class. <laughs> okay, French class. And they need to pair up, which is awful when you're Ugh, the new kid. So awkward. So luckily she has talked to Tara and RC. Yes. By the way. <laughs> And she turns around, and she asks to be a group of three. And Tara's like, thank goodness. And something about Darcy. She's like, Darcy really is the actual worst. Of this." <laughs> and then Dar- Darcy tries to say something in French, and it's she butchers the shit out of it. But basically, um, I think... They're doing family and, like, re- fam- family and, like, relationships was, like, the assignment of, like, phrases they had to ask each other, which is super convenient. So I was like, perfect. I think... Tara asks Darcy, "Do you have a boyfriend?" Mm-hmm. Um, and Darcy says in French, "Yes, I have a girlfriend." And uh, Elle goes, "I think you just said the feminine." And Darcy's like, "Oh, whoops, did I?" And they just laugh at each other and like glance at each other because what I love about that is she totally did it on purpose. But Elle like would just got the information that Darcy sucks at French, so she's like, "Oh, she fucked this up." By accident, she's like, No, I have a girlfriend. (laughs) Then Elle asks Tara, Do you have a boyfriend? And Tara, of course, answers, No, I don't have a boyfriend. And Darcy just looks at her with this grin. (laughs) And and Tara goes, What? It's true. (laughs) and it's just i love that scene it's they're just the they're just the cutest and then like they they cut over back to the boys school for like one minute and then they go back and then it's the scene that you wanted to talk about okay so then they wrap up their fun times by uh l is i guess going to find them it's like after classes are out i assume and for some reason tara and darcy are hanging out (laughs) in their homeroom class their forum class or whatever and they're holding hands, and Elle comes into the room, and I think she's like, are you guys together or something? Well, no, before that. start before that, where she's like, what are you guys doing? And, yes. and they're like, <laughs> what's the oh, excuse? I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just admiring her hands. <laughs> they're so soft. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that obviously is the worst excuse of all time, that, Dar- I think Darcy's the one that gave it. She's like, yeah, I was just admiring her hands. And then, Elle's like are you guys together? (laughs) Because what is this excuse? And so they admit it. And she's like, you know, you made friends with the school lesbians. And I think Tara's like, that was the gayest excuse I've ever heard for holding somebody's hands. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love them so much. (laughs) Darcy. Darcy's my absolute favorite because she's so chaotic. I relate so much. She really is. However, she is so confident. I do not relate to that. May we all have the confidence of Darcy and Imogene? Yes. Holy oh shit. The two of them have the most confidence on the show. I wouldn't see a scene with those two together. They would get in so much trouble oh, together. Oh, I would love to see them together. They'd be best friends. They would. They would. Like the straight girl and the lesbian. Yes. Right? Well, we don't know what's going on with Imogene. But, no, like, that's true. I mean, the good. She's an ally. We know that. Yeah. The ally and the chaotic lesbian. Although they did have a scene later. Where Emma Jean's trying to figure out if Tara likes Nick, and that's all no. And she's like, "I'm not being homophobic. That's it. I, I'm an ally." And like Darcy's like, "Congratulations! Like thank you for <laughs> yeah. your, thank you for your <laughs> service." Yeah, they did have a scene, they had that scene right. together. That's right. Oh, because I think Tara's out at that point. She's like, "I'm a lesbian." Yeah. And Emma Jean's like, "Oh, because like in that scene, which we are jumping in that scene though, Emma Jean's like trying not to like step on her toes. She's like, "Oh, if he's yours, I'll back off." But they're like we're gay, we're dating, like, get away from us. And she's like, I'm not homophobic, I promise. I'm an an ally. Thanks for your (laughs) service. (laughs) Because it's like, it's that basic, she's like, (laughs) my brother's gay or something. (laughs) It's okay, I have a friend that's gay, and it's like, thanks? But Emma Jean doesn't have a mean bone in her body. She, like, meets what she's saying. But I want more scenes with them, because I think it'd be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Now that, like, they're all on the same page with each other and the Nick stuff, like just really want more, want more Darcy. I <laughs> love her so much. I also, her sweater, okay, so she always wears this sweater that's like a rainbow tie-dye sweater that also has birds on it. Like, freaking bird shadows, freaking birds. They, and all all of the, the animated nervous. things they do have in the show. Like, actually. Yeah, they do. Like, physically. Yeah. So, because, uh, I think Elle has hearts on the back of her phone, and Nick has stars on the back of his phone. Ooh, I didn't catch that. Thank you, Buzzfeed. Ooh, um. thanks, Buzzfeed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't notice those details, but I have those details written down because of Buzzfeed. So whoever did their job at Buzzfeed, thank you. The lovebirds were on the train they took. Oh, I have something for that train, yeah. but that's later. Okay, that's later. But anyway, um, do you have more? Kinda's upset. I know she is. You can't let her in. No. Uh, okay, wait, the sweater. I want to mention her sweater. Okay. They're a rainbow sweater. There's no way that's a dress code approved sweater. Because they go to, like, a school where you have to, like, wear a uniform. There's no way they would let her wear that. She wears it all the time, like, in school. And I'm like, how is she getting away with this? I love it. She's just so chaotic. It's Darcy. Maybe they're just like, fuck, it, there's no point. Doesn't living this. Is this. Like, <laughs> like, they're not, they don't show up to well, band. To, to I be, to, <laughs> can't control these. To shoes. be fair, though, Darcy is out. And I don't know how long she's been out, but she's out. So maybe she's like, this is homophobia. Yeah. They try to take away her sweater. I, she would do that, 100%. I want a flashback for Yeah, that. I want that flashback where they're like, homophobia. She's like, fine, keep the fucking sweater. Just get out of my office. <laughs> Darcy. <laughs> and that's why they get away with being late to band Oh my god. <laughs> we'll get into the house. They have the worst band of all time <laughs> later, but oh my god. I love Darcy and her sweater. I just have to mention that because like usually those type of schools are super strict about dress code, she wears this outrageous sweater all the time. It's so her, and I just love it. Are we done with I I mean we can never be done with them, but I have something no. I really want to talk about. No, no, no. That was just the intro to Elle making friends with the school that's that's the main takeaway from this episode. Not <laughs> for me. Okay. Nellie. Yes. Okay, so Nick and Charlie start hanging out outside of school in this episode. I think it was, like, the first time this happens. Mm-hmm. like, besides rugby yes. lens flaring that they're But, doing. like, at their house. At Nick's house? Charlie comes to Nick's house. And they play Mario Kart, and it's super cute, and it's established that Charlie is great at video game sports, and Nick's good at real-life sports, <laughs> <laughs> which is super cute. And as they're, like, play wrestling which is cute flirting, it starts snowing because romance. Of course it does. Romance. And so they go outside with Nelly, Nellie! Nick played by the amazing Echo Aussie Shepherd, who was not supposed to... Border Collie. Border Collie, sorry. Who, I believe so. I'm pretty sure. I, you're a dog expert, Caitlin. I know. I, I stalked Echo on Jeez. Instagram. <laughs> Echo, if you're listening, we love At you. At one point <laughs> you could get Echo autographs. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, there's uh, there's Echo merch, too. So go check out the one and only Echo, I believe, on Instagram. On Instagram. And there's there's a lot. Echo has a whole pack. It's, it's great. I love Echo. I really want to interview Echo. I'm going to reach out, but we'll see. <sighs> it's going to be the interview of my dreams. Whew. Anyway, Echo was not the first choice, which how dare them. How dare they? Echo was the understudy. And the first dog got sick. So So Echo wins. Echo for the win. Echo for the win. Yeah, so we get Echo. And while it's snowing, they go outside and take a bunch of adorable selfies in the snow. And I just want to know how long it took them to get all of those photos. And where are they all? Because they were super cute. In Nick's phone, they're in Nick's phone. You're right. (laughs) How do we get (laughs) Nick's phone? I was like, "Where are they?" I'm like, "They're they're outside (sighs) Theora." So Caitlin, did you want to talk? So Caitlin's brain was like, "Is that real snow or fake snow?" I know it's not real snow. And Caitlin went on a deep dive about fake snow. Mm And so, what'd you learn, Caitlin? I've got multiple pages, so we're gonna try and get through this as much as possible. So. I got a lot of my history from Filmschoolrejects.com. Nice. Yeah, love I it. figured I'd give credit where credit's due. Okay, so the history. There is multiple types of snow depending on what you need. Some projects, if they have enough budget, have real snow. Game of Thrones. No, not <laughs> Actually, I don't think so. Then, well, i would expect i not, have no idea i would not that think, show <laughs> um but it, it gets it's expensive i mean i assume it's expensive and it needs climate control because yeah. uh, snow it melts. and ice um in the 1930s they had refrigerated sound stages so it was a lot easier to work with snow and ice oh interesting sound stage mm. possible food and organic materials that could be used as snow is chopped chicken feathers Balsa chips, instant potatoes. That's interesting. And soap flakes. Mm. Cheese was not listed. Yeah, but snow fl- uh, soap flakes probably smells a lot better than all the other ones. I don't know, potatoes sound good. Yeah. i um, They used to use bleach corn flakes, but the sound was a huge issue. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, when want your snow crunching quite that much. Yeah. And for It's a Wonderful Life, the. I don't know who it was, but the person was like very against it. They were like the sound. We cannot have it. The sound is too much. So Russell Shearman and other RKO staff invented silent sprayable snow that was made with sn- snowflakes, no, nope. soap flakes, water, sugar, and foamite mm-hmm. used in fire extinguishers. Oh interesting. Sixty thousand gallons were used and it's a wonderful look. That's crazy. Yeah. Also, they just use pure salt in <laughs> you just salt everything. Dude. Could you imagine if there was wind and it just well, what if they ruin the environment? I hope that's on a stage where they can clean it up. I that's did screw not up the grounds. Oh, it it damn. Down. But it was used in nineteen seventy eight Superman. Of course it was. So interesting. I don't know. Um, Square cut paper could also be used, but <laughs> it's a fire hazard. Who the hell got tasked with cutting the paper? What? I mean, depending on what year it was, I'm like sure some intern. They're like, <laughs> <"Well>, <laughs> more, squares, really... more squares, more squares. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so it wouldn't be flammable. They used I don't know how to say this, chrysotile. Sure. Um, oh my God! No, don't read <laughs> it. Sorry, I'm ready AKA to go white asbestos. Oh God! They used it in uh, movies like Wizard of Oz. So that time that frame, whole movie was just hazardous for everybody's health. Wasn't the paint the Tin Man wore toxic? Oh, I don't know, but the, it, that, I'm pretty the sure the crystal tile causes cancer. Yeah, so. exactly. God, that that was a mess. Anyway, so now to modern times, um, snow cell. S-N-O-W-C-E-L is the first modern approach for fake snow. And a UK-based company is dominating the industry and it's called Snow Business. So I'm... <laughs> <laughs> snow Business. I man. didn't... I couldn't track it to the production, but I'm assuming that that's probably what Heart they used. Hard Stopper used Snow Cell yeah. and maybe this company. Um, but just more for that company. They use Snow Cell products and they develop their own for certain needs. Like they made their own, in association with one of the universities over there, like, sprayable snow, so they can spray... Like, windows and stuff? Yeah, cars. windows. That's um, cool. Tombstones and stuff. Wow. Innovative. Go to their website, and you can see a bunch of videos. and very it's, cool. It's really cool. They show you how they do everything. Oh, that's badass. Um, for something that you brought up earlier, 70% of their products and packaging are sustainable. They're very focused on making sure... Their work is environmental friendly because like, I was that's also important. wondering that.
1: Yeah. Because
0: They're the outside. fake snow that I saw, which was powder and you poured water on it, I was like, how is that okay for the environment? And it didn't clump. But they do make clumpable snow. Like snow cell, there's one that's for snowball fight. There's a bunch of different types. Yeah, because in the scene that we're talking about, uh, Nick does make a snowball and throw yeah. at Charlie, so... They were doing that the whole time. Yeah, it has to be comparable. And they talked about how they were walking a thin line because they had to keep throwing it at each other, but they can't breathe it in because if they breathe it in, they were done. Cause, Damn. Yeah. Because of the, I guess it's toxic to it, Yeah, male. I guess so. I don't... That's why I was, was trying was to figure actors. out exactly what it was. It was the same day that the cast was announced, so they were, like, kind of on a high there. Oh. And... They were just talking about how it was, like, such a relaxed day and that they had so much fun filming it. Aww, that's so cute! Those actors are adorable. Um, you can buy fake snow and other film stuff on hollynorth.com. Uh, Pyro stuff needs to be in person, I think. But there's so much cool stuff. Like, they have slime, and you can see how they film stuff just by, like, the stuff that they have on this website. Oh my god, that's I got so, so cool. distracted. It was so cool. I just, I can't wait to check out more of it. Um, on set they had big cannons that the snow were just blowing while they were having the fight. Oh yeah, cause there was a lot of like, snow blowing at them. That's cool. Yeah. I think that's it for my snow. Man. So like, kudos to the actors too, who like, were rolling in the snow, had snow being blasted at them, and couldn't like, had to like, breathe without breathing this in. Yeah. Damn, that must be so hard. While acting. Like, shit. That's a lot to keep straight for your health. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos to Kit and... Oh... Shit. Oh, shit. Who plays Josh. Josh? Jo- Might be Josh? It's with a J, I know It that. is a J. Shit. We sound awful, Theora. <laughs> Who plays him? Joe. Joe Joke. Off. My bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Joe. Sorry. I've seen worse of a Kit recently than Joe. Well, poor Kit. No. We're not going to get into that, but yeah, poor Kit. Won't. Poor Kit. He doesn't deserve it. That's why. He deserves to have Olivia Coleman as his mom, is all I'm saying. We all do. Alright, anything else you wanted to say about uh, the pilot in episode one? so fucking cute. In episode two? I mean, episode two. Sorry. Pilot in episode two. Um... Not right now. This this has been a lot for two episodes, and I think I think it's a good time to take a take a break and continue in the next episode. Yeah. So in the next episode, we'll start up with season three and see how far we go. So we're, <laughs> episode three. Episode three. Sorry, I'm just excited. This is getting seasons. Uh, we're talking about seven seasons. Not used to it. we not. We're not used to it. Obviously. <laughs> Do you hear us? All right. So we'll pick up with episode three next episode. So in the meantime. Hydrate for Lesbian Jesus. And gay it up all over the place. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod. Or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store. Or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.